Hello and welcome to the podcast on Broadwater Parish in Worthing, a thriving Anglican church based in the parish of Broadwater, West Sussex in Worthing. We are one church across three sites and Christians have worshipped for over a thousand years at our church at St Mary's. This podcast features sermons from our services and interviews and other episodes and you can find out more by going to broadwaterparish.org.uk. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this most recent episode of the podcast. The reading is taken from Ruth chapter 2 beginning at verse 4. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabat who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty... Go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her father among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Uh, Last month, my uh, wife Gay and I went up to uh, near Cambridge to uh, enjoy a pantomime, a village pantomime. My oldest granddaughter, who was 12, was in Chorus B. There was Chorus A on two nights and then Chorus B on the uh, other two nights. And uh, she said her words absolutely wonderful. But I love pantomimes. Uh, I love the old-fashioned ones where the, the principal boy gets the girl and they come onto the stage with this fantastic wedding. And uh, Anybody old enough to remember that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. 
you see, I just love stories with happy endings. I remember watching E.T. Now, this will date me, I know. But uh, E.T., I was in floods of tears when E.T. went home. And um, West Side Story just breaks me up every time. I have to pace it about every three years, otherwise I'd just run out of tears. I just love stories with happy endings. Um, Les Miserables, for example, I just love the sense of redemption. And there was a film I saw ages uh, ago with Cameron Diaz, who'd fallen out with her sister, but finally they were reconciled. And in Beyond Paradise, again, I've been catching up with that. Eventually, the two people get together despite all their conflicts. I just love happy endings, which is why I was so disappointed with the rugby match yesterday when Wales lost to Scotland by one point. Absolutely dreadful. That's just to make sure you're listening. Right, Ruth, Ruth, here's Ruth. Let's, let's recap, about, uh, recap about Ruth. Ruth was born in Moab, uh, a nation on the other side of the River Jordan and the Dead Sea. So on the west side, you had uh, Israel and Judah, and on the east side, with the River Jordan coming down here and the Dead Sea in the middle, that was where Moab was. And Moabites were traditional enemies of God's people, and they were forbidden from entering the assembly of the Lord. Well, Ruth, was uh, she was born there, she was Moabitess, and she had married a young man called Mahlon, the son of an expatriate Israelite. And he had taken his family into Moab because of a famine where he lived. He lived in Bethlehem, which, strangely enough, means house of bread in Judea, part of the promised land. Well, sadly, Mahlon, his brother, who had married another Moabite lady, and his father, three Israelites, all died while they were in Moab. So there were three widows left, two of them Moabites and one Israelite, all bereft. And then news came from Bethlehem to Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, that there was food again in Bethlehem. The famine was over. So the three women began their journey, as you remember the story, and then Naomi tells these younger, childless widows to stay with their own mothers in Moab with the hope of a second marriage and maybe children. Well, Ruth steadfastly refuses and declares she will go to Naomi, to Naomi's people and to Naomi's God. Whatever lay ahead in life for her mother-in-law, Ruth would go through it with her. Well, when the two women arrived in Bethlehem, there was a lot of talk. The little town was abuzz. The loss of her husband and her two sons had devastated Naomi. Now she was homeless, without the protection and the provision that her men would have given her. Out of love for Naomi, Ruth goes into the barley harvest, which is where we picked up the story today. And um, she went in to glean to pick up what was left over when the people collecting the barley uh, collected into their sheaves and there was stuff that fell out on the floor and that was what Ruth and other gleaners were um, to pick up. Well, it turns out, it says in the scripture, it turns out that Ruth goes into the field owned by a man called Boaz and today he is the focus of our attention. But before we move on to that, I just want to notice how faith in the one true God grew in Ruth. Naomi's God, Ruth said, would be her God. And we can see God at work, even though this family had left the homeland to go into enemy territory, yet um, the question was, did Naomi and Elimelech, her 
late husband, did they lack faith in God? We heard that uh, uh, point of view when Andrew began this series uh, last month. They could have stayed in the land and declared their faith in God and God could possibly have um, provided food for them. But they decided to go into Moab. There are some rather harsh commentators, I think, and, and some Jewish uh, commentators, rabbis, who say that these three men were put to death because they went from Bethlehem into Moab. That's not the kind of God I know. I don't like that interpretation. I think it's wrong. But anyway, whatever you think about the family going from the Promised Land into Moab, uh, there was enough family faith on evidence to Ruth and to her um, to her sister-in-law, let's get it right, that uh, Ruth knew that the God of the Israelites, the one true God, was very different from the God she had been brought up to worship. His name was Chemosh, not a very nice character, very belligerent. She'd been brought up to worship Chemosh in the life of Naomi and Elimelech and the two sons. There was enough there about the one true God, the God of Israel, that Ruth decided, I prefer that rather than the God I was brought up with. So, you know, as Gaz told us last week, God is in the detail of our lives. And uh, Ruth goes out to glean barley, and it's so happy. Barley, sorry, Barney. But <laughs> goes out to glean barley, and as it so happens, she goes into the field owned by this man, Boaz. You can see how her faith in the, in the one true God has already changed her. She's committed to this older lady, her mother-in-law, and she goes out into the fields in an area she doesn't really know among people she doesn't really know to get food for Naomi and for herself. And you can see how God is at work gradually changing Ruth. It's a wonderful story. Well, let's focus on Boaz. What do we know about Boaz? He was probably an older man. It says he was well-established in Bethlehem. And significantly, he was a relative of Naomi's late husband, Elimelech. They were the same clan. Now, under the law, God gave his, under the law that God gave to his people, it meant that Boaz had some responsibility towards widows like Naomi and like Ruth. We know that Boaz was prosperous, prosperous enough to have other people reaping the harvest in his fields. We know he was a godly man. He blessed his workers when he arrived. And as Gaz pointed out to me earlier on, um, he was the first Anglican because he said, the Lord bless you, and they responded. So even though thousands of years ago, there was a, a seed of the Church of England there. He was also a good manager. Um, he noticed that there was a new young woman working in the field and inquired about her. And when he learned that she was gleaning, well, that was fine with him, because that was the least he could do under God's law for his chosen people. But Boaz was kind and generous too. He learned who Ruth was, probably picking it up from the general buzz in Bethlehem. And again, in accordance with God's law, he treated this stranger well. And more than that, he wasn't grudging, he was generous. He talked to Ruth, this foreigner, and he made sure that she had women companions in the fields. He ordered her protection by the young men, and probably from the young men. Boaz ensured that she had water to drink in the heat of the harvest day. And Boaz blessed Ruth. He prayed for her. 
and reinforced her understanding that the one true God, the God of Israel, would welcome her, shelter her, and protect her. And when the workers had their meal break, Boaz invited Ruth to eat with him and the others. And after the meal break, Boaz told his workers to leave extra bits of barley stalk for Ruth to glean. He was caring, he was generous. What a nice chap. What extraordinary generosity. But this record is not just to leave us thinking what a nice chap Boaz was. There's more to it than that. Let me remind you that the Apostle Paul wrote to the young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. All scripture. Now, when Paul wrote that, he had in mind the Old Testament because when he was writing, the New Testament hadn't been put together. What he wrote became part of the New Testament. So what do we learn? If it's good for teaching, what can we learn from Boaz? I would say two things before we get there. First of all, the big picture in the Bible is how humans turned away from God and still do. God who sustains their life moment by moment. He sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to bring us back. And Jesus can save us from our sin and our rebellion. So in the story of Boaz, if that's the big picture, in the story of Boaz, we should be able to trace something of that great story. Secondly, sometimes some people question this, but the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the God of the New Testament. The same God revealed supremely in Jesus himself. Another way of putting this, in the character of Boaz, if we are to learn from him, a man who trusted God and lived for God, in Boaz's character, we should see a glimpse of Jesus, of God himself, who is God's best expression of himself. Well, what did we hear? We've already noticed that Boaz blesses his workers in the field. And you read in the Gospels that Jesus blessed his disciples. Jesus blesses those who follow him. Boaz noticed and cared for this young woman, Ruth. Jesus was different in his day. He treated women so well. He brought life and healing to many individuals. And Jesus knows about you and cares for you and loves you, as Carl was telling us earlier on. Boaz protected Ruth. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you can be set free, set free from the consequences of your sin and rebellion against God. Boaz made sure Ruth had companions in the field. Jesus has established his church. In this church and in home groups, we can travel the road of faith together with other disciples of our Lord Jesus. Boaz prayed for Ruth. He entrusted her to the care of the one true God. And our Lord Jesus is now in glory above, a great high priest who intercedes for you and for me. Jesus has given his disciples, that's you and me if you're a disciple, the Holy Spirit of God to keep us from evil and to guide us through life. Boaz made sure that Ruth ate with himself and with the other harvest workers. And later on we're invited to eat with our Lord Jesus in a feast and feed on him at communion. 
with him and with other disciples here this morning at Holy Communion. So if we look for the characteristic of Jesus in Boaz, we surely find it. Maybe not the same words, but the same character coming through. Well, if we're to learn from it, it's more than just head knowledge. How is that going to help us and help us change in our lives for the Lord Jesus? Well, remember that Boaz was doing his ordinary day-to-day work. He was a farmer. He was a manager. He's probably wise in his dealings. He was certainly prosperous and well thought of. And he was also reflecting the character of Jesus Christ and the character of the one true God in his dealings, as I've just explained. And this is precisely what God wants for you today and in the coming days. Be a disciple. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. Reflect his character in your ordinary day-to-day routines, during the daily commute, in the workplace, in your home with your friends, when you're playing football or netball, at your allotment, in the supermarket, at the doctor's surgery, sharing a pattern at needles and pins, offering a cupcake at tea time, helping somebody with a boisterous child at tots and toddlers. See, Jesus wants to be his witnesses wherever we are, blessing others as we talk about Jesus as opportunities arise. And as we get to know Jesus and to follow him, we will become like him in character. And just as Boaz was all he was in his farmer's life, a reflection of Jesus, so we can be the same. Some people are called to be vicars or evangelists or missionaries, but most of us are not. Being like Jesus is not just for the professionals. We are all called to be like Jesus. We are all called to reflect his character in our daily lives. That is the challenge. That is the privilege. And that is the glory. Well, the story of Ruth and Boaz goes on, and we'll be hearing more about that in coming weeks. The only spoiler alert is that I love happy endings, and there's a happy ending.